In this episode, I do the best I can to answer the question, can you be traumatized even if there is not a traumatizing event? My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist that is obsessed with the polyvagal theory. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. I am on my website, justinlmft.com. In the blog, I have a blog here called Traumatized Without a Traumatizing Event. I'm not going to read directly from it, but I kind of want to talk about the concept here. I think this episode should be pretty safe. We're not going to go into any trauma details as usual. But of course, uh, put yourself first. You know yourself best. So like, the first thing to talk about here is, what do we mean by trauma? When we say trauma, what are we talking about? Typically, when we hear the word trauma, we hear it in reference to an event that somebody survived or went through. But that's not really accurate when it comes to the polyvagal theory, when it comes to psychophysiology, when it comes to uh, somatic experiencing, uh, as best I understand it. When we say trauma in, in this realm, we're really referring much more specifically to the condition of the autonomic nervous system. And specifically what we're saying is that the autonomic nervous system is stuck, not broken, but stuck in a defensive state. So that could be a sympathetic flight-fight state, a dorsal vagal shutdown, or the mixed state of sympathetic plus shutdown. So that's the freeze state. Day in and day out, that nervous system is pretty much stuck in a defensive state. Again, it's not the events that we're referring to. Really what we're talking about is, is the impact of the event. For example, if you and I were in the same uh, bus and it got into a crash, you and I would walk away, potentially away from that bus crash in much different states. Meaning you or I would leave that with a autonomic nervous system that is stuck in a defensive state. And the other person potentially would not be, and they'd be able to self-regulate and get back to the top of their polyvagal ladder and be fine. So to say that the two of us were traumatized because we went through the same event doesn't really make sense. One of us is traumatized, the one who is in a more defensive state, the one who's stuck. And the other person who can self-regulate is simply not traumatized. What determines whether or not someone is traumatized really boils down to their, uh, their individual capacity for self-regulation, which, which means their capacity to climb back up. If, if they go down into a defensive state, down their ladder into a defensive state, their capacity to climb back up into the top of their ladder into their safety state. That's what self-regulation is, is the ability to do so on your own. And if someone can do that, then they're, they're not really in a traumatized state. Even though we have the same event, there could be very different outcomes. And it really, really boils down to that self-regulation. Now, yeah, some events are going to be more likely to result in a traumatized uh, nervous system, right? Some events are probably going to be more likely to do that. But the severity of the state is going to differ. So even if we went through the same event and we both had stuck defensive states and were traumatized, the severity of that's going to differ also. The capacity for self-regulation is going to differ. That, that individual's history of having and accepting co-regulation before the event, that's going to play into things. 
the individual's available co-regulation support group, that's going to play into things. So a lot of factors come into play, but when we talk about trauma, really what we're saying is stuck in a defensive state. That's, that's the most important piece of this. Could someone be stuck down their polyvagal ladder in a defensive state, even if they did not go through some sort of event that would have caused it? And I'm not talking about like repressed, repressed memories, like maybe they just don't remember it. That's not what I'm talking about here. It's really, can the autonomic nervous system be stuck in a, in a defensive state? even if there was no specific antecedent event that caused it? And I think the answer is yes, mainly because trauma is not simply something that happens to us. Like it's not just a result of an event happening to us, but it's also the result of necessary events and conditions that were not provided. It's the lack of some events or conditions. Like babies have less self-regulative access to their uh, ventral vagal safety pathways and i would assume no access to their prefrontal cortex they're they're basically pure co-regulation they don't really self-regulate self-regulation develops over time with i'll say good enough conditions it doesn't have to be perfect but good enough conditions can lead to a baby growing up and developing their own self-regulation that's not what i'm talking about here either So let me refine the question a little bit further. So can someone's autonomic nervous system be stuck in a defensive state even if they received good enough care and did not survive some potentially traumatizing event? So that's kind of what I'm talking, it's a little bit closer to what I'm talking about here. And again, I would say, yeah, they probably can because just think about people on the autism spectrum. There seems to be a biological hardwiring to have less access to their ventral vagal safety and social engagement pathways. Uh, Dr. Porges does some really interesting things around the safe and sound protocol. It's super cool. I definitely recommend you look into that safe and sound protocol. So you could just argue that, you know, just biologically, some people are born with less access to their safe and social pathways. And I think autism's probably pretty good evidence of that. So let's refine the question one more step, just a bit further here. Can someone's autonomic nervous system be stuck in a defensive state even if they received good enough care, did not survive some potentially traumatizing event, and would otherwise have the capability to regulate itself? And here I don't think so. Because if someone would otherwise have the capability to regulate, then no, they wouldn't be in a stuck defensive state. If there was no event, they weren't born hardwired to have less access to it. And they otherwise have the, you know, the ability to regulate or the nervous system has the ability to regulate itself and they receive good enough care, then I don't think they would be in a stuck defensive state. If there is a significant stuck defensive state, they probably went through something that got them stuck, right? Like if this individual had survived a sexual assault, then that individual could potentially be in a stuck defensive state. But if they had good enough upbringing and could otherwise self-regulate, then their potential to be stuck in a defensive state is probably going to be significantly significantly less because they'll already have the vagal break strength necessary in order to self-regulate and to not be uh, traumatized. Especially if they also have people or even pets, but people in their lives that provide co-regulation. 
if they live in a safe environment, and if they can get adequate help for what they went through. Their, their potential to be in a stuck defensive state is, is probably going to be significantly less. So let's say that that uh, non-traumatized person with good enough parenting and that person who has the capacity to self-regulate, let's say they, they set out to do something new, like they wanted to start a podcast or enter an art show or ask their boss for a raise or go to a dinner party with some new people that were there. So for this non-traumatized individual, any of these pursuits, these new pursuits that I laid out, any of these could trigger their defensive, probably flight, sympathetic energy. If they can't, if they lose access to their safe and social state, the first step down the ladder is their sympathetic flight energy. So any of these new pursuits would probably activate that anxiousness or worry. I don't think it'd be fight energy because although, you know, this person's otherwise pretty well anchored in their safe and social state. But, you know, these scenarios and a whole bunch more could easily potentially bring them or anybody out of their safety state down to their flight energy. They might feel anxious. They might feel worried. They might feel nervous. They would still access their defensive state, but the difference here is they wouldn't be stuck. It would be a temporary situation that they would have to confront. So they would still still access their defensive energy because it's it's new. It's different. It's out of their norm. They might not have a map for this situation. So they're not traumatized, but they are accessing their defensive energy, not because there's actual danger, but just because it's new. It's something different. And they may not have the big old break strength developed for these specific situations. It might it's just it's out of the norm. The window of tolerance for this non-traumatized individuals, potentially, let's say they can tolerate a lot. They can tolerate a lot of stress or overwhelm or even pressure. So day-to-day, even you know, with a high-pressure you know, pressure job or a high-stress job, they'll be able to tolerate it. Their, their window of tolerance will be able to expand and contract. Their, their autonomic nervous system capacity is going to be able to expand based on the needs of their day-to-day life. But once they get outside of that norm, that's when they might lose some of that window of tolerance and actually kind of come out of it a little bit. Probably not so much that they're actually running away based on how anxious they are, but they're definitely feeling it. For someone who's in more of a traumatized state, their vagal break, their capacity to, to self-regulate, their, their capacity to feel defensive energy and then self-regulate is probably going to be less. They're going to exist more in a defensive state and the ability to climb back up the ladder is definitely hampered. Trauma then refers to the individual's inability to self-regulate and to get to the top of their ladder, at least temporarily. I don't think it's a permanent thing, personally. Uh, Otherwise, I don't think I'd be doing this or being a therapist. When we say trauma, we're referring to that individual's inability or difficulty in accessing their ventral vagal state of safety and social engagement. The, the vagal break that I mentioned, that is the influence of the safety state on the heart. It keeps the heart at a calmer pace. And a traumatized individual has less access to that safety state. And therefore, their, their vagal, vagal break is going to be weaker. The non-traumatized individual is going to have more access to their safety state and therefore a stronger vagal break. Their ability to tolerate distress is probably going to be larger. 
because they have a stronger vagal break. They're, they'll be able to keep their heartbeat at a calmer pace when confronted with stressful situations, even novel new situations. But even that non-traumatized individual, they're still going to access their defensive states. It's, it's hardwired within us. It evolved within us over however long a period of time. So it, it's, it's in there. It still exists within us day to day, moment to moment. It's not going anywhere. So this is, these states, these biological, political pathways are, are not things that we like grow out of eventually or that, you know, we just get over. <laughs> they are responsible for our daily functioning. They're not going anywhere. So whether you're traumatized or non-traumatized, whether you're in a stuck state or not stuck state, you still access these things. What it really comes down to is what's the capacity to access those things and to tolerate it. And that really boils down to the strength of the vagal break, or that we'll, we'll call the uh, window of tolerance. But all these things switch on and off throughout the day, so we all access them. But we don't all get stuck in one of them, and that depends on a lot of factors that I listed earlier, such as upbringing, probably genetics, probably um, history of co-regulation, probably daily practice of you know grounding and anchoring in the in uh, the present moment which i can actually help out with i have a course called building safety anchors and it helps you to access the present moment more and more and as we access the present moment more and more what we're doing is we're activating the top of our ladder the ventral vagal state uh, those those pathways that are responsible for social engagement and feeling safe so as we climb to the top of our ladder, once we access it, we're actually activating those pathways, which we want to do more and more because it's, it's like exercising anything else. To have more access to that, to have a stronger vagal break, we need to act, we need to exercise it. And building safety anchors is designed for that, is to help someone learn. We have six different modules that are, or six different uh, potential pathways to be anchored in the present moment, like music, cognitions, memories the environment. We take these different pathways and a couple more as well. And I teach people about them first off and then guide them into discovering like, well, what, what works for you in particular? What really helps your nervous system to feel more in the present moment? And that's going to help to build the strength of the big old break, aka expand someone's window of tolerance. If you want to read the full article, this is on justinlmft.com. I have a whole blog that I upload to or publish to on a weekly basis. I have that. If you want to learn more about building safety anchors, that is also on justinlmft.com. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks so much. Bye.